Welcome to Word Matters, presented by the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Word Matters is a podcast dedicated to helping Christians understand some of the most confusing and controversial passages of the Bible. And now, join the conversation with your hosts, Trevin Wax and Brandon Smith. Should we heap fiery coals on opponents' heads? That's the question that we will answer on this episode of Word Matters. I'm Brandon Smith, the HCSB spokesperson, here with my co-host as always, Trevin Wax, the managing editor of The Gospel Project. Hello, Trevin. Hello, Brandon. So today we're looking... That was really awkward. Yeah, yeah so I awkward. thought you were going to continue, but... You reached you over to, to rub my back and it was really okay, weird. This and is, we had this um, pause. Should we go ahead and make this announcement? This is the last episode of this season? I didn't want to say it. Okay. Choking okay. up a little bit. No, I'm going to say... We're, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back. Though. That's right. That's right. This is the last episode of our first season of the Word Matters podcast. And what a better discussion to have than to talk about uh, heaping fire on people's heads. Um, (laughs) So we couldn't do anything else. Right. So, so we're looking at, um, it's an interesting proverb. Um, The reason why it um, stands out is that it is quoted by the apostle Paul in Romans 12. And it's, it concerns the way that we, we treat our enemies. So you know, that enemy love is one of the foundational teachings of Jesus. Um, And we like to think sometimes that this idea originated uh, with Jesus. Right. Um, but there is a sense in which Jesus is just making explicit what the Old Testament already teaches in a few places. So, uh, and here's a good example. So when Paul tells his readers not to avenge themselves on their enemies, um, and he says, instead, you should give them food and drink. He's not actually quoting Jesus there, even though it sure sounds like he would be saying, you know, love your enemies is, is, is Jesus. He's actually quoting one of the Proverbs in the Old Testament. And of course, I'm not saying that he doesn't have Jesus's instruction in mind, too. <laughs> it's just Paul can lean on Jesus, even as he leans back even further onto the Old Testament. Right. Um, and then he makes, after he does this, there's this weird statement about treating, basically treating your enemy well is like heaping fiery coals on their heads. And Which I do to you anytime that we have a cookout at your house. I just yeah. start throwing the coals <laughs> on your head. No, it's strange because it does not... This does not sound very um, enticing for how you would love your enemies, right? So anyway. Yeah, so let's read. uh, I'll read Romans 12, uh, and then you can read the proverb uh, afterward. Give it some context here. Uh, So Romans 12, 17 to 21 in the HCSB. Uh, The main verse here is going to be 12, 20, verse 20. So do not repay evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for his wrath, God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. And here is the original proverb, Proverbs 25, 21, and 22 in the HCSB. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Okay, so the question here is this. Um, Heaping burning coals on someone's head does not sound like a very nice thing to do. Certainly does not sound like (laughs) an act of kindness. So the problem we face is... um, are, are we, is this, are, are we doing ill to our enemies by doing good? In other words, does Paul want us to do good to our enemies so that they will then suffer by our good deeds? I mean, it seems strange that Paul would say, hey, be kind to your enemies because that's the best way to get back at them, you know. <laughs> um, and then there's the question, 
what does this metaphor even mean? So maybe we should we, we should start there. Like, what is the metaphor of heaping burning coals talking about? Right. So there's four interpretations. We'll go through these and then uh, try to drill down a little bit. So uh, the first interpretation um, basically says we don't know what heaping fiery coals refers to necessarily, but it must be positive. So uh, basically they're saying the metaphor of heaping coals on somebody's head is actually not negative, although it sounds painful and, and awful. Uh, so Paul is addressing Christians in a hostile world, and so he's urging them uh, not to lash out or avenge themselves through their actions. And so you see in the preceding verses, um, instead of repaying evil with evil, you treat your enemies with kindness, right? Give them food, give them drink, uh, and you don't do this because they're good, but because God is just and he's the one who judges. Uh, so when you treat your enemies well, you're heaping fiery coals on their head, which is the way you overcome evil with good. So um, basically in this view, whatever the metaphor means, and we don't know exactly what it is according to this view, uh, it must have some sort of positive connotation. Otherwise, why would uh, the original proverb include the line about the Lord rewarding you? Why would he reward you for burning somebody's skull, right? right? That's a good point. Um, and why would Paul shift gears here and you know, make a case for uh, doing something negative towards your enemy when he's just telling them that you're going to help them? So Right. Okay. So that's the first interpretation. We don't know what it means, but it must have some sort of positive connotation. Second interpretation says, okay, the metaphor of heaping fiery coals, it refers to biblical examples of purifying fire. Um, so this interpretation builds off the first. It still sees a positive view here, but it attempts to define the metaphor. So it would say this, well, if, if heaping fiery coals is related to overcoming evil with good, then we should look for a time when that is what took place. And you do have an example, Isaiah chapter 6 mm -hmm. gives us a story of that, the burning coal from the altar. It's not put on Isaiah's head, but it is put on the mouth of Isaiah, and that's what takes away his guilt. So burning coals would refer, in this sense, to repentance, to cleansing. Fire is not always negative in the Bible. It, right. it can be a refiner's fire. You know, there's purifying, purging fire. So in this sense, it would say when you do this to your enemy, the, the coals of fire are meant to bring restoration and healing, not condemnation. So Augustine um, interpreted it this way. He said, when you treat your enemies this way, um, they will experience uh, burning shame, remorse for the way they treated Christians. It's what God will use to bring them to repentance, to give them some kind of remorse. And that's a view similar to the one that John Stott takes, uh, N.T. Wright, some, some other well-known New Testament scholars. It's so, almost like killing them with kindness. In a way, like be so nice to them that they feel like they feel so terrible about being mean to you that they'll repent. You know, I wonder if there isn't a if that might be the origin of that phrase of killing mm. them with kindness. I don't know. So Another one episode. of our listeners, one of our Just listeners kidding. should look that up. Get Tweet back us. with us. Yeah. Give At us Word Matters Pod, which okay. we've never promoted the podcast Twitter on here. At Word Matters Pod. Say it End again. of season one. Okay. okay. Uh, third, third interpretation. Yeah. Third view. Um, so. Uh, this view says that, the, that this heaping fiery coals language refers to the ancient Egyptian custom of carrying a dish of burning coals on someone's head as a symbol of repentance. So it's similar to the second one in some ways. Uh, so that might be the original context for the proverb, which then carries over into the passage that Paul cites here. So, so the idea here basically is that kindness to your enemy may lead them to repentance. They might change their hearts. And in that way, evil would be overcome. Okay, so, so similar to similar. the second one in that it's still positive but different in that they actually think it's from an Egyptian custom. Of, mm -hmm. okay. More specific so, illustration. That more specific illustration, not from Isaiah as much from the Egyptians. Okay, and then the final interpretation uh, shifts gears completely. Fiery coals are negative. Um, and the, 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 um, so the evidence for this interpretation would be to say, in the Old Testament, 
uh, fiery coals refer to God's judgment on his enemies. Uh, so Paul is saying, look, you are leaving it up for the judgment of God and your treatment of them and their treatment of you in return. OK, when they're being bad to you, but you're being good to them, they're actually storing up more wrath for themselves mm. in the end. Um, there is an example of this in uh, the language of four Ezra, um, uh, uh, intertestamental uh, book, which says this. Sinners must not say that they have not sinned, for God will burn coals of fire on the head of everyone who says, I have not sinned before God mm. in his glory. So in other words, burning coals of fire is negative. It's a sign of judgment. And that really corresponds nicely with the preceding verse, because God is the one who's the avenger right. of wrongdoing. Um when I think of Avenger, I can't help but think of superheroes these days. Like God is Captain America or something. It's That's because pretty insulting. We've been watching a bunch of those movies with my with my son. Yeah, didn't somebody in your your life group like force you to watch all of the? They wanted me to movies. catch up on my cultural like bona fides, you know. Yeah, so, Mr. Cultural yeah. Blogger here never saw the superhero movies. I I have seen them all now. That's we're on, great. We're on Ant Man next, but um, okay. So, but back back to this. Tom Schreiner puts it this way. He says, um, believers are liberated from taking justice into their own hands and are free to do good because they know that God will right all wrongs in the end. Uh, those who continue to resist repentance must experience God's wrath. So the negative view of fiery coals referring to God's uh, eventual judgment on, on the people that Christians mm -hmm. are being kind to, um, that's Tom Schreiner's view. It's Doug Moo's view. It's uh, John Piper's view. Also a well-established uh, view um, these days. So, Brandon, you start off, and hey, just so that everyone knows, you asked me right beforehand what which one of these I'd go with, and I did not tell I you. Know. I know. Because I don't to want to influence you. I, I want to, to see if we agree simply because we agree, not because... You know, ultimately, I would troll you and go the opposite way on purpose. Mm. That's what happens. No, nah, not, not really. <laughs> I don't want people to think you would actually do that, although you might be tempted to. It's true. So. I'm a good person. Um... So I, I like the third interpretation in the sense that I like this idea of it being in context. And I think the Old Testament is influenced by external context more than we give it credit for and by the culture more than we give it credit for. Although I think that's also, you know, exaggerated on the other side. Uh, but ultimately, I think the fourth interpretation just makes the most sense of the context. I mean, okay. it, it's, it's very clear. Your, put your stake in the ground. I did, yeah. I mean, the, the, to me, the previous verses make it really clear that the whole point of this phrase, wherever it comes from, uh, has to do with God being the one who avenges evil, not you. And so I think Paul is reminding the Corinthians, I mean the Romans, sorry, of uh, the same thing that people were being reminded of back then, which was God is the one who avenges, God is the one who gets credit for victory, um, and God is the judge, not you. So what about you, Trevin? Okay. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to commend to that view that you just said. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, I I would be with the second interpretation, and to remind listeners, that's the one that says that uh, heaping fiery coals refers to biblical examples of purifying mm. fire. Um, I, I, it has the longest pedigree when it comes to biblical interpretation. So, I mean, all the way back to Augustine. Uh, so, I I go with that one. Although I see I see the the rationale and the reasoning for the for the one you have. So, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm I'm not necessarily saying I, I could be wrong on this. Uh, the the one about the Egyptian custom, which is a third interpretation. Um, there's not enough evidence to say that necessarily though that the 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 original proverb was. Right. Um, and that's the key. It, and that's the key. And and also the first interpretation, I always like when Bible scholars say, hey, we don't know what this means, but we think it's positive. Mm -hmm. Like I like when people like admit that, but right. I do I do think that there's enough 
um, in the Bible, with your view, you've got examples of the Bible where fiery coals are judgmental. They're yeah. talking about God's judgment. So you have biblical rationale to say that. With my view, I've got biblical rationale to see burning coals mm-hmm. in a positive purifying sense. So I, I think I'm stuck between the second and the fourth view. And the and what tilts me to the to the second view um, is is that I, the context of that passage there is that emphasis on God avenging, yes, but the the context of the passage seems to me to have uh, overall still have this this mindset of hope that what you're mm-hmm. doing for your enemy is not you're not storing up more wrath for your your enemy or you are trusting that God will will make all wrong things right again yeah. will will right all wrongs but you are um uh you're also there's a sense of hope in that what you're doing is going to to have some sort of effect that would be good on on people so i ultimately because of the long history of that trans, of that interpretation mm-hmm. i i go in that direction and you took the start and right view so you like the the anglican view the anglican in you is is I, creeping I, out hey i said augustine Augustine first. I mean, Anglicans probably think that Augustine was an Anglican. So. <laughs> okay, maybe. So, okay, so how would we preach or teach this? That's a good question. It, because we come to different conclusions, yeah. we might have a little bit of a different way, but maybe not. So, yeah, how, how would you preach or teach I think this? we can probably both agree on the big picture, which is that um, ultimately um, loving your enemy is a large, huge piece of the New Testament. It's a huge piece of Jesus' teaching. Uh, and it's a huge part even where Paul carries it through here. And like we said at the front end, even the Old Testament uh, has these ideas. You know, in Leviticus, there's the laws about taking care of strangers and outsiders, which a lot of Hebrews would have seen outsiders as enemies. They were they were rival nations, you know. So I think that, that throughout Scripture, you do see the loving your enemy. And so I want to focus on that more than anything else. Um, and whether it's—and I, I think even there is a point in which it says, you know, you'll be heaping fiery coals on their head. Um, whether it's God avenging or whatever it is, what you do hope is that there's repentance. You do hope that the view is right, that if you love somebody enough and you treat them well enough, that they will actually see the love of Christ you give to them. It's interesting you're sounding more and more like Augustine. I'm, I am. I'm bringing you over. I no. can't help it. Augustine is so great. Yeah, so I, I would just focus on loving your enemy, taking care of them, remembering that um, it does say very clearly, you know, that God um, is the one who has the wrath. God's the one who gets vengeance. So you do want to point that out at some level, even if you... I disagree with the clear context of the passage, Trevin. <laughs> well, let me just say this. Earlier in <laughs> Romans, God said it's the kind, Paul says it's the kindness of the Lord mm-hmm. that leads uh, people to repentance. So, um, <sighs> okay, I just got it. No, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but um, I, I, would, I, I would say that enemy love is, does play this role in salvation history. You see it with Jesus, you see it in, modeled in the, the um, apostles, and then in the early church, even after the uh, the apostolic period, you see um, right. people laying down their lives for their enemies or um, doing good to those who are mistreating them. Um, I, if I'm going to preach and teach this passage, I'm not going to focus on the metaphor primarily right. on heaping fire goals, just like you. And I think uh, we would hit a lot of the same points because the point that there that uh, Doug Moo and John Piper and Tom Schreiner are making there about um, judgment belonging to the Lord, mm-hmm. vengeance belonging to the Lord, that's in the text. Yeah. Re- regardless of whether or not I think the metaphor is primarily referring to that, mm-hmm. I'm going to hit that note just like you would. Um, so I think that that is important. And, uh, you know, the, one of the things that, as, as Schreiner says, that frees you up from not having to take vengeance on your enemy is when you know that uh, God is ultimately going to make all things right. Right. Um, I think it's um, uh, it was Miroslav Volf who made this comment, um, Eastern European uh, theologian who talked about how there's this endless cycle of revenge and ret- retribution that goes on until you believe 
that mm-hmm. God judges, that right. God will execute vengeance and judge. That's actually what can free you up from having to, to go any further. And so uh, I think what keeps a lot of our, a lot of Christians in, in bondage yeah, and a lot of people with grudges and a lot of people in our churches that just can't get, that they're just uh, swamped with bitterness uh, uh, against people who have done them bad. Uh, one of the things that keeps you in chains is if you, if you um, think that there's somehow live with this idea that, well, God isn't going to resolve anything. That yeah. God isn't going to uh, show who's in the right or who's in the wrong. And so um, if I'm preaching this, I'm going to really stress the the um, enemy love as a as the way of being true to the proverb, as the way to being true to Jesus, and ultimately as a way of entrusting uh, ultimate vengeance in the Lord's care. Yeah, that's really good. You just preached the whole sermon right there. That was really good. Um, well, thank you all, uh, as always, for listening this season. Please uh, stay subscribed. We'll be back soon, and uh, we'll keep hitting you with this amazing biblical knowledge we've been <laughs> dropping all through these seasons. No, and we are, we're great to receive uh, problem passages or contested passages yeah, that you have as well. Tweet them to us. We like to keep a list of those, and we want to um, definitely be addressing some, some other ones in the next season. Yep. All right, Trevin, thank you for a great season, and uh, we will see you all very soon. Thanks for listening. Word Matters is presented by the Holman Christian Standard Bible, a translation that is faithful to the original languages but clear for today's readers. Find out more at hcsb.org.